Hello, everybody. This is the first, fourth, and quarantine podcast, or the pilot. So, for our first topic today, we're going to talk about if the Cowboys should pay Dak Prescott or not. Obviously, Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, at least as of now. So, some of the stats for Prescott last year before we ask the question. He completed 65% of his passes last year, almost threw for 5,000 yards, had 30 touchdowns and 11 picks, and for those fantasy guys out there who care about it, he had 337 fantasy points in standard uh, fantasy leagues. So that's a little intro into Dak and what he's like, so should I, I should ask you the question, um, should the Cowboys pay Dak Prescott? What do you think? Well, you know, it, considering I have Prescott on my fantasy team, uh, not that this is about fantasy or anything, but you, you brought that up at the very end there. I can tell you without a doubt he is uh, certainly a valuable piece on a fantasy team, which is based on real stats. I mean, you you just read those real stats. I mean, that's not you know BS there. That's that's taken off of uh, game stats. Anyway, should they pay him? Here here's the Cowboys' problem. The Cowboys lack ever having much of a plan. The Cowboys are a team that that although they tend to draft pretty well, they they fly by the seat of their pants on most of their other decisions and 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 that's where they run into trouble and I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the man at the top as we all know and and you know he he his his son is allegedly the GM, but yeah, we know that's not the case. It, it, the big Jera is the is the true boss of this, and and he's a wheeler and dealer and and uh, and uh, you know gambler and all that, and, and and it shows. And and so when they decide, okay, well we're, we might not pay you, Dak, and all that. Okay, well what's your plan? What's your black backup plan? What are you doing? So that that that's the issue there. So at the end of the day, long long story short here, should they pay Dak? Yeah, they've they've already got a proven winner in there. Now is Dak does he deserve to be the highest paid guy? It's a whole different story, but that's also how everything goes in today's game and, you know, next guy up, guess what? More than likely, they're going to be the next highest guy paid. So, uh, you know, yeah, at the end of the day, you got to pay Dak. And that is how the quarterback market works. <clears throat> it's like that next man up kind of thing in terms of getting paid. So I definitely think Dak Prescott deserves to be that next man up. But let's get this straight first before we dive in anymore. Dak Prescott does not owe the Dallas Cowboys anything, I believe. I don't think he owes them any more of his services without that contract. Now... Would I think it would? Would I do? I think it would be a smart decision for Dak Prescott to sit out next season. No, I don't think it would. As you can see with Melvin Gordon, it didn't work for him. It worked for Le'Veon Bell, but I think Le'Veon Bell is an outlier. I don't think it works in general. That kind of a strategy. So Prescott should not sit out the season. That said, I think the Cowboys are doing him an injustice by uh, just paying him the uh, the um, the. Uh, the tag. The tag, yeah. 
the franchise tag. Because even though it's good money, right, it's the median salary of the five highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. So, I mean, if you think about it, it's a one-year contract. You're getting paid, like, I think for a quarterback, it's around 32 to $33 million a year for that one year. It's a good contract for that year, but Dak does want to be protected for the foreseeable future. And, I mean, in four years with the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, Dak Prescott's won three division titles, right? He's took them to the playoff, or he's won two division titles in four years. He's took them to the playoffs twice. They went to the divisional round in his rookie year with Zeke. And partly, I think you can, I think you need to pay Dak because you can see that the Cowboys are translating into a passing team, a passing culture. Zeke Elliott wasn't as primary in that offense last year as he had been in previous years. And you could tell that they were turning into Dak's team. It wasn't Dak's team before that. It was Zeke's team along with the O-line because they've always had a really good O-line. But now Dak Prescott, along with Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott and Blake Jarwin and some of those other weapons, I think can do something special in Dallas if you can secure him long term. So in my mind, I think you pay Dak Prescott. Do you have anything else to say? No, I mean, that pretty well sums it up. I mean, at at the end of the day, yeah, we we all know most of these contracts – a lot of them, yes, sure, and especially quarterback because they've got a much, you know, higher longevity of of play than than almost all positions. But most of these new contracts for any player, especially the high dollar ones, they've already been earned. They they you know when it's when we're talking you know your early contracts, your first time getting that big one. Well, if there's talk about you, whether or not you're going to get that big one, guess what? The reason is, is because you've already earned that big one, meaning that team got away with paying you peanuts as far as NFL money goes. So, you know, yeah, when you say, you know, he doesn't know them a thing, no, hell no, he doesn't. He's made them so much money at this point. They owe him the world, and and for them to, you know, nickel and dime him when there's, you know, all kinds of other, you know, mid-level guys making, you know, borderline 30 million bucks a year, that's ridiculous. They, 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 they definitely need to pay the guy. Totally agree. All right. Okay, so our next topic is on... Odell Beckham Jr. of the Cleveland Browns, wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. It is reported that the Browns are highly considered considering to trade Odell Beckham Jr. to suitors who would want Odell, obviously. And one of them happens to be the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings obviously just traded Stephon Diggs to the Buffalo Bills recently in the offseason. So Odell Beckham Jr. just kind of come in as a placeholder almost for Stephon Diggs. So... My question to you is, should the Browns trade Odell Beckham Jr.? And if they were to trade him to the Minnesota Vikings, do you think the Vikings would become maybe better as in terms of Super Bowl contenders, or would they just be a little bit better, stay the same? What do you think about the situation with the Vikings? Well, it's a tough one because, in a sense, I don't understand what the Vikings would be doing in that move. Just... I mean, there's no questions asked that that Diggs got needy towards the end there, and and I believe that's why he got moved because he was still 
very productive and and I could be wrong, but I'm guessing he's possibly he's probably is younger than than OBJ right now. You know, hard to believe OBJ is, you know, 27 years old, which you know, to most people it's like, yeah, he's a freaking kid. Well, you know, I mean, he's He's creeping towards 30. I mean, yeah, he's, I'm not saying he's there. I'm not saying he's washed up. He's nowhere close. However, you know, it's kind of a weird move to get rid of one needy guy, bring in another one and all that. Now, that being said, I don't think there's any question that, that OBJ is a better overall player than Diggs is going to certainly make uh Minnesota uh, a better team and all that and I mean you know that goes without saying now should Cleveland trade him well obviously that's about value I mean you know OBJ is still a high enough commodity that I mean you know I mean there there's no chance in heck they can take anything short of a second round pick and and I honestly think if if they really you know work hard, they they really still at this point should be able to pull a first rounder for him. Um, just I mean he he he's a name guy. He's 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 he puts butts in seats. He sells jerseys. He you know he, he puts a face on your franchise. Some some franchises don't need that. Don't want that. However, most of them do. So. You know, should they make that deal? Uh, well, yeah. If they can, they can get what they want. Then sure. I mean, this is this is so Browns. I mean, uh, you know, what what next? I mean, that's a whole different podcast right there. But I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things aren't working out on the Browns. They they didn't figure out how the freak to do that right, which is nothing surprising. Speaking of so Browns, so. You know, yeah. You, if if they can somehow collect on their losses with that, well, shit, yeah, they they, they need to do it because they're they're just you know they're just the Browns being the Browns all the time. Yeah, it is so Cleveland Browns because the funny thing is, last year around this time, you know, they got guys like Odell Beckham, they had Jarvis Landry, they had a bunch of weapons. And we were all on the Browns. We were all like, the Browns are going to make the playoffs with Baker Mayfield, a rookie then. Obviously, his second year was last year. But Baker Mayfield regressed a lot last year. He turned from a promising young rookie, obviously in his rookie year, to being a, almost one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last year. I mean, I'm pretty, pretty sure, and I don't have the stat pulled up, but in QBR, I'm pretty sure Baker Mayfield was towards the 28-30 to 30 range out of the 32 starting quarterbacks which obviously is horrendously bad. So in terms of that situation, I don't think Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham work out for each other. I think Odell Beckham Jr. should be looking for a trade, and I think Cleveland should be looking for a way to get out under Odell Beckham Jr. Now, in terms of what I think they should be getting for him, Odell Beckham Jr. is a, is a great wide receiver. Now, he regressed last year as well, partially because of Baker Mayfield's regression, obviously, but partially because I don't I don't really know if this guy's the same guy that we saw his first three years in New York. Now, do I think he can get to that level with the Vikings? He could. You know, Kirk Cousins, I think, gets a little too much hate personally sometimes. I think Kirk Cousins is a pretty good quarterback. He's not that elite-tier quarterback, which is what a lot of people think that he is, and he's just not. So I don't think you guys – uh, like, you know, I don't think he's 
leveled to the same standards as a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL because, frankly, I don't think he's that bad. I know he struggles in primetime games and playoff games, but overall, the guy's not that bad. And with Odo Beckham Jr., Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, and some other weapons, I think the Vikings could be very good. So in terms of what the Browns should get, we've seen that the wide receivers have been getting a lot of uh, draft picks for the wide receivers. I mean, Brandon Cooks to the Texans, they got a high draft pick. Stephon Diggs to the Bills got a high draft pick. Is Odell Beckham Jr. better than Stephon Diggs and Brandon Cooks? Yes, I, I do think he is. So I think the Browns need to try to get a first-round pick out of the Minnesota Vikings and or any team. It doesn't have to be the Minnesota, Vi- Minnesota Vikings. We've just heard that the Vikings are the number one contender for o- OBJ right now. But if the Vikings can give that first-round pick up, then I think both deal, uh, both teams are getting a good deal. I think the Vikings could use OBJ, and I think I don't think they'd become Super Bowl contenders, but I think they'd take that step up to maybe being division winners next year over the Green Bay Packers, and I think it would be good for the Browns, too, to get out and under of Odell Beckham Jr. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Uh, the, only, the only thing I'd, I have apprehension about it with Odell going to the Vikings uh, is... I, I agree with you wholeheartedly about Cousins. Cousins isn't an issue. He's 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 a quarterback you can win with. He's he's not you know necessarily that someone that's gonna carry you. I mean he he well he he's definitely not someone that's gonna carry you. But is he going to just destroy you? Yeah, more times than not, no, he won't. However, here here's OBJ's issue that I've seen when he went to the Browns. Now, we've only got one sampling here of him going from the Giants to the Browns, but the Giants he, he, there was there was no one else in in the receiving core. He was the man. That, that was it. And 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 yes, I mean you know he had Eli Manning, which you know in my opinion at the time that OBJ was playing, Eli was on the downcline, you know decline at that point and everything, not not washed up, but you know declining, so pretty comparable to to Cousins, but he didn't have anybody else to fight to be the man with. And OBJ is a, I want to be the man guy. That, that that's who he is. And having Thielen already the man on that team. I mean, he outman Diggs. I mean, at the end of the day, and I'm not saying that's why Diggs, you know, ended up uh, getting moved. But eh, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking that's part of the issue. Diggs Diggs was you know pissy about not getting. You know the love and all that, and and Thielen was getting all the love, and so that that makes me worried because I don't know that OBJ knows how to share. <laughs> Basically, at the end of the day, he wants to be the man. He don't want anybody else to no one A one B. He he wants a uh, it's OBJ at one and some guy at three. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even like a two. He wants a three. So anyway, that's my that's my only uh, worry about him going to uh, to the Vikings. But but yeah, they, they they need to move him. I mean, there there's no questions asked, and I think he needs to move too. Yeah, one more thing we can add is Beckham is very Hollywood in terms of his personality and what he feels. He's a he's a big shot, right? So New York worked well for him for most of the time he was there. 
Cleveland just doesn't seem like Odell Beckham Jr. And I don't know if Minnesota does either. So you could t- see that too. Does Minnesota sound like Odell Beckham Jr.? Eh. Odell Beckham Jr. sounds like a New York guy, a Los Angeles guy, you know, somewhere big, a Dallas. I mean, that sounds like Odell Beckham Jr., but but could he work in Minnesota? Yeah, he could. We think he can, but we'd have to see. That's a very interesting, uh, in sense, Odell Beckham Jr. is sort of a diva in sense. So that's a very interesting uh, guy we could have to keep out for. The reason I start off. So our, um, our next question here is, which sports can be played without fans? So obviously, you guys know. Uh, with the coronavirus and everything, there are no sports right now, which is partially why we're starting this podcast. We don't have much to do. There are no sports to watch. I mean, for example, we got very excited when we were watching – well, not very excited. That's that's an overstatement. We were interested in the WNBA, like watching a game, a little more interested than we would have ever been. You know, we, we – okay, let's just say this. We watched the first quarter of a WNBA game. Hey, I, I I saw the very beginning of the WNBA draft tonight, and while you know it's WNBA, it gave you a preview of what the NFL draft's going to be like uh, coming up on Thursday, and uh, you know considering where we're at today, eh, not that bad. I'll, no. I'll I'll take it. I'm very excited. I don't know about you, but I am very excited for the NFL draft on thir- next Thursday because it's. Yeah. We're recording this on a Friday night, so six days from now is when the NFL draft will be, and I'm very excited, not only because I want to see where players go, but I kind of want to see how they do it, you know? And it's because it's the first sports that really I'm interested in in a while. But anyways, back to the question of which sports can be played without fans. Now, I can give you a, a, a generalized answer for this. All of them, I think, right? I think all of them could be played without fans. Yeah, of course. Now, the ones that I think... Should it, like, I think immediately be played without fans? I think sports like baseball could be played immediately without fans. I think if you put all the baseball teams in Arizona like they're talking about, right, I think that could work easily, right? And all in spring training stadiums with no fans, baseball, that could work. Yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, really, and I hate to say this because I'm a huge baseball fan. I mean, this, this is my oldest roots of being a sports fan. But but at the end of the day in in you know, today's baseball, you know, as an adult fan and all that, until you get to the playoffs, which is honestly the case with a lot of sports for me, but until you get to the playoffs, yeah, okay, whatever. You're just throwing up box scores and and I, I don't need the crowd there. Now, when you get into playoff situations, we all know that that changes the entire dynamic of everything. So hopefully by then maybe they could uh, – has some uh, butts in the seats. Yeah. But, so I think baseball could be played without fans. I definitely think golf can go without fans now. Would it be interesting for me to watch? Eh, I mean, not really. But but would I watch golf without fans? I would. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's going to be just like the Tiger-Phil match that we saw. I mean, that was basically, you know, without fans and everything. And, and, and what have they been telling you for the freaking years? Shh! Quiet, holding yeah. up signs. They, now they, they don't have to worry about it. Yeah, they, they don't want they don't want any noise from the fans. So guess what? Now you don't have any fans. You got your way, guys. So I think baseball, golf, tennis is another sport that could definitely go without fans. Well, yeah, it can and I don't it. watch tennis. Yeah, I was going to say we could definitely go without watching that, in my opinion. But yeah, but, I think tennis could get canceled altogether. Yeah, but sure. but hey. for the for the point of this, we'll get we'll say tennis without fans. 
Now we get to ones that are a little more complicated, and I think football is a complicated one. Basketball and hockey is another one that's pretty complicated. So Don't forget football. Soccer. Yeah. I could also care less about soccer, but soccer is one that is better with fans. It is. Most popular sport in the world. It so, is most popular so sport it, in the world. It, it, now, it obviously. It can't be, uh, you know, just shunned. I yeah. Mean, in the United States, we're obviously here for football and basketball and baseball of our three big ones and hockey. We'll give that hockey, too. Uh, personally, I don't know a ton about hockey. I don't watch much hockey until it's the Stanley Cup in the playoffs, but. Um, in terms of those sports, do I think it could go without fans? Of course I do. I would watch basketball, football, hockey without fans right now because, but frankly, I haven't been able to watch anything. But should they go without fans? I don't know. What do you think about it? Should they do it? Well, as opposed to not playing at all, absolutely. Yeah, that's, they should. That's, that's a no-brainer at this point. And I was adamant about, you know... March Madness. Screw sports. I don't even want to see that shit unless there's fans in the stands. Yeah, now now that reality sets in weeks and going into months later, hell yes, they should play without. Yeah, and by the way, our boy Fauci recommended it. He said he wants to see sports without fans, obviously. Well, Fauci's the man. He said we could also start banging again, so, you yeah, know, just saying. Yeah, so, I mean, Fauci's just giving us some life truths, but that's what our take is on the sports that can be played without fans. We do think they can. Would it be the most exciting thing in the world? Well, I think right away it would, actually. It would. It would be very cool. Yeah. Now, after a while, would it be like, well, it's not the same? Yeah, probably. But we need to see sports, and that would get us sports as soon as possible. So I definitely think we should. So for me, football's a tough one. And eh, like I said on the other things, would, would I take it without fans as opposed to nothing at all? At this point in time, no questions asked. I just have such a hard time gripping the concept of of not having any fan interaction and and crowd reaction whatsoever in football. Just because football is obviously, for the main American sports, the largest crowds by yeah. far. I mean, and and so I mean. Especially, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, primarily, or not really primarily, but more of an NFL guy. But I'm still a huge college guy, and and I mean, imagining college football without fans. I don't think is, that works. Almost. I mean, that's just insane. It's I like mean, March that, Madness without fans. Yeah, you know, it just mean, doesn't seem right. Yeah, I don't, I don't get how that happens and everything. I mean. Pros are pros, and and you know they'll deal with it. And but you know, wow, that's 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 the one sport that I'm again without fans over not playing at all. That's a no brainer. Give me give me without fans, but damn, that's going to be a hard one to uh, swallow. And I was watching the jump today. And Paul Pierce did mention something about, they were asking him about the same thing, like how would basketball playoffs, the NBA playoffs, I'm a big NBA fan personally, it's my second favorite sport behind NFL, and how would the NBA be played without fans? And he said it would almost be like a pickup game. You know, he said, there's no fans. And he said, what well, he did say something pretty interesting, and he said, I wonder how Adam, Sil- Adam Silver, the, the uh, commissioner of the NBA, who is a very good commissioner, by the way, how Adam Silver would 
uh, uh, like, you know, treat the uh, players and their trash talk on the court. Because he said with no fans there, you're going to hear a lot of stuff that you never could hear. And he said a lot of the things that NBA players say aren't pretty. So he's saying, should, no. we, should we censor it? Should we just say, viewer discretion advised, let it go? Like, what? Well, I don't know what they would do with that, but that's just another thought for another day. So I don't know what they would do with that, but I think that'd be kind of cool. You know what they could do is they could do a censored and uncensored version on two different channels. <laughs> They'd probably never do this. But if they were, I would totally watch the uncensored version. Yeah, it'd be like mic'd up, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, naive and think that uh, football or baseball or whatever else don't uh, throw out plenty of uh, <laughs> foul language and all that. I mean, that's just the that's just sports. when you're in the middle of competition, yeah. you know, and all that, but. But, you know, basketball's uh, pretty legendary for knowing some of the uh, pretty pretty rough things they say on on the floor. And so, you know, those guys have some, you know, incredibly major endorsements that, you know, they they could even, you know, even if they say, you know, we got a censored and an uncensored version of, well, that that uncensored version still gets out there, and you're endorsing a company that that you know doesn't really agree with all the uh, you know things that are being said. Yeah, that's that's a rough dynamic. So we'll see how they deal with that. But um, our next question, we can just hop straight into it. So, so the Panthers a couple days ago signed. Um, an extension to their running back, Christian McCaffrey, as we all know him. Now, I have Christian McCaffrey on my fantasy team. So, personally, he's one of my favorite players in the NFL because, frankly, I can count on the dude to give me 35 or 40 every week in fantasy. And that's nice, you know, especially from a running back. Running back's a thin position. So, it's nice to have a running back that I can just say, okay, that guy's getting 30 points. I can pencil him in for 30 almost every week. Now, the Panthers did give make McCaffrey the highest-paid running back in NFL history. Now, I don't have the contract in front of me, but I believe it was $16 million a year for four years. So that would be $64 million. I don't know how much of it was guaranteed, but he is the highest-paid running back. And as we can see, a running back is a position where you can get ran into a wall sometimes, right? And you don't become the same player you, you uh, once were very quickly. So my question to you is, was it a mistake for the Panthers to pay to make McCaffrey the highest-paid running back in NFL history? No, not at all. Uh, a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, today's and this isn't across the board, but it's it's becoming more and more prevalent. Just like the uh, mobile quarterback is today's running backs are almost all becoming dual threat guys. Almost I mean, wide these, receivers in sense. Yeah, I mean these are guys that that touch the ball so many times in a game and run cmc is at the top of that list of, yeah, of guys that that affect, touches they, well, they affect the game yeah you know other than the quarterback himself there is not a second guy on that team that that affects what happens in that game as today's modern, most today's modern running back. So, and again, I already spoke on this when we were talking about uh, should they pay Dak. This is a contract that's already been earned. You know, I mean, 
I'm not saying the guy's not getting paid anything. And I mean, he was a first rounder, so he's he's not quite in the same shoes as Dak. Dak was a, a fourth rounder, a fourth yeah. round he guy. Was. So you know, he didn't have that the same upfront money that uh, you know McCaff had. But but at the end of the day, I mean, did he outplay that contract? Oh, Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. yeah, he did in like within a few games. <laughs> I mean, in all actuality, that's just the reality of of the sport today. So. At his age, at the the impact he has on his team, should they have paid him that? In my my opinion, that's a no brainer. Side note, real quick. Thank you for, uh, or actually, you should thank me for uh, having him on your uh, fantasy team because oh, okay. I absolutely. Uh, am the one that 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 pleaded with you to take him as opposed to Fournette, and you know that's the damn truth. So we are in a um, a uh, keeper league on CBS in our fantasy league, and you keep six players. So mostly, when the draft comes around, rookies are a high commodity because, frankly, you get to keep them. Right? I had the first pick. What he's saying isn't a hundred percent true. <laughs> I was fifty fifty. On taking Christian McCaffrey or Leonard Fournette, so I wasn't like seventy thirty Fournette. I was fifty fifty. He told me to take for or uh, McCaffrey, and I was like, okay, I think McCaffrey could be a good player. I kept thinking about it, and I took Christian McCaffrey. And I was a hundred to zero on that, and he is my competition. So <laughs> that's how hell bent I was on, dude. Don't be stupid. Take freaking McCaffrey. I, I'll be honest with you. I just didn't know how McCaffrey's game would transfer to the pro level. And did it transfer well? Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah. It transferred. Now, Fournette's not a bum. Well, and for what it matters, we're in a PPR. So that, so it makes it even better. That, yeah. that, that's what made it an insanely no-brainer for me. It's now, like, Fournette is a good running back, right? I mean, he is. Now, is he Christian McCaffrey? He's not. No, he is not. But in terms of my... Uh, was it a mistake for the Panthers to pay McCaffrey? I don't think it was. I think McCaffrey is an outlier compared to a lot of running backs. I mean, I think so. You got to give running backs time to out uh, pay their contract. And frankly, McCaffrey didn't need time. I mean, think about it. He didn't. He just did it right away. Yeah, he right? was going from day one. And this is what the real just it comes down to. Christian McCaffrey was an MVP candidate last year as a running back. I think that's all you need to know in terms of are you paying him? Oh, yeah. When a a running back is an MVP candidate with guys like Lamar Jackson, obviously, last year's NFL MVP, Patrick Mahomes. The GOAT. We'll get into Patrick Mahomes in a little, not in this uh, podcast, but you guys will soon realize that we're, uh, we'll just leave it. We're pretty big Patrick Mahomes fans. Um, But guys like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, I mean, when you're in a category, Deshaun Watson, who I, by the way, I have Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson on my fantasy team pretty big deal drew Brees, and my dad is drew Brees. oh yeah he has drew Brees. drew Brees is a very obviously a, still a very good fancy quarterback now i think my quarterbacks personally are better than he has dak prescott too on his fantasy team so he has two pretty good quarterbacks though i think my two are definitely better because over the last three years i mean i almost have the number one and two fancy quarterbacks i think um <coughs> i think russell's right around the top at one or two and Deshaun Watson's like number five in the last three years, along with Mahomes. I think Drew Brees is up there. And Dak's actually further up there than you would think. I think yeah. he's around the six or seven range. But my, I have two top five quarterbacks. But anyways, 
I'm getting off track right now, but I won the Super Bowl last year. But yeah. it was kind of a fluke. We'll, we'll, we'll do a fantasy show. We'll uh, do a fantasy on. recap, maybe, so you guys can realize how much of a fluke that Super Bowl win was. Shit, I I should have won the Super Bowl. We'll we'll go on. We'll go over why I should have won it. But anyways, just to recap, should the uh, Panthers sign Christian McCaffrey or not sign? There he did. Should they have paid him the money they did? Absolutely. Yes. Christian McCaffrey deserves every little bit of that. So. For our fifth question here, we have six questions. Now, I don't know how we're going to do podcasts in the future, like how many questions. I think it's just going to depend on that day when we do it. But for this one, we have six, and this is number five out of six. So ESPN is releasing a uh, documentary Sunday night, this Sunday, so a couple days from now when we're recording this, called The Last Dance about Michael Jordan, obviously. If you don't know who Michael Jordan is, now we, we'll, we'll probably have a debate about this at some point on our podcast, but... Greatest of all. Well, actually, I don't think we will have a debate because I think we both agree with it. He's the greatest basketball player of all time. Without a doubt. 100%. And no no disregard to LeBron. LeBron is amazing. And we'll, I'll talk about LeBron. I'm a big LeBron fan, so I'll talk about him in a, in a future podcast about how remarkable he is. But Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. We'll get into that and why. But The Last Dance is a documentary about Michael Jordan's career with the Bulls. And and it's called The Last Dance because that's what they called the 1998 championship team. It was called The Last Dance because it was known, and this is in the documentary, but I'll share it with you guys now. It was known ahead of time. So apparently... Spoiler alert. It was known. Phil Jackson knew ahead of the season, of the 98 season. And by the way, the Bulls had won two championships in a row heading into that season. He knew he was going to get fired. So he was told... Phil Jackson, that if he went 82-0 and and won the championship, he's still getting fired. Imagine that. How crazy is someone telling you that? Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty, pretty nuts. That's almost as crazy as a basketball player retiring after winning three straight to go play uh, baseball. Baseball, yeah. And then coming back and winning three more in a row. Well, that part's not crazy. That, that's that's that, just Michael Jordan I, for you, I huh? expected that shit when it happened. But, yeah, uh, yeah the first time, yeah, I, I, that caught me off guard. So anyways, it's called The Last Dance. That's what they called it because Phil Jackson knew ahead of time, this is my last year coaching the Chicago Bulls, and Michael Jordan pledged public allegiance to Phil Jackson and basically told the Chicago Bulls organization, if he goes, I go. And what happened? Phil Jackson, obviously, after the 98 championship season, left the Chicago Bulls, and Michael Jordan retired for the second time. And later, obviously, he went to the Washington Wizards. Not the greatest stint there, though he still averaged 20 when he was there, which is pretty incredible. So anyways, my it's just a kind of a border, uh, like a broad question here. Um, are you excited for the last dance, or just maybe what are your best memories of Michael Jordan? Well, I, I, I'm fortunate and I got to watch, you know, MJ's entire career, you know, live and everything. I, I was uh, alive and uh, enough of an adult to, to watch every bit of that from day one all the way through. So watching Jordan was like nothing else. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough not to completely date myself that I got to go to basketball games with my dad and watch uh, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Dr. J play live. And, uh, you know, trust me, uh, there was, you know, nothing like watching those guys either. I mean, I was I was a big Dr. J fan. I don't know what 
what it was. I, I mean, as much as I liked uh, uh, Bird and, and uh, Johnson, I mean, just doc, Dr. J, something about him. He just, just uh, he was just fucking cool. You know, he was just yeah. smooth and... and and, and he was a little, you know, not at the same profile as the other guys. They were, they were, you know, they were the, in the limelight. And, yeah, and he was a high flying dunker, huh? Nah, Before that was even man, a thing. Doctor J was dope. As he was the good, original yeah. high flying dunker. So, Dr. J. so anyway, you know, so I, I, I grew up gotten, you know, getting to see those guys in in person and everything. But Jordan's you know, a whole different level, times, huh? But yeah, getting to grow up watching Jordan. I mean. Seeing him at North Carolina, and and then just uh, he, uh, as good as he was at North Carolina, I would have never imagined he was going to be that good in the pros, though. And he was and, good and, right away. I mean, yeah. And, if I'm mistaken, he averaged 37. Michael Jordan averaged 37 in his second year in the NBA. Yeah, and, which is and, incredible. You know, I'm I'm no NBA scout, so I'm sure there are plenty of people that saw what I didn't see, but I I didn't expect him to take off that way and all that. But I knew he'd be a star. I just didn't know he'd be the goat. You know, what I mean, yeah. and and undisputed goat by the oh, way, undisputed, yeah, just, it's undisputed. Just, watching him play was it was the only thing i can just off the top of my head think was comparable was a watching a mike tyson fight because you know the the tyson fight didn't happen as often and everything but you know think of the mike tyson fight being like you know the the playoffs were for michael jordan every year and you know you you just got giddy about it and 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 more often than not you know and and, and not as much with Jordan just because that's a team sport but with Tyson I mean you knew it was going to happen yeah. he was going to wreck that guy with within a, a, a minute or two of of the the pay per view and and you know you're kind of pissed about that idea but there wasn't a chance in hell you weren't going to pay that wanna, money you don't want to miss it to watch that because it was it was it must see tv and that's what that's what jordan was and we were fortunate back then that that we got to see jordan play you know basically for free and everything i mean you know i mean most nba's still free today but you know, Tyson, you had to pay for, but anyway, I mean that, that's about the only comparable I can think of that you know same time period as just just uh, there was nothing like it, and 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 to take it to you know more of a modern day, while he's unfortunately at the end of his career now, is Tiger Woods. Yeah, you know when when it when it was you know talk about just must see just no matter what. You know, you and I, I am a golf fan, but even if you weren't a golf fan, didn't fucking matter. Got to watch Tiger, man. If it, it, it was Tiger and he was in contention on a Sunday, it, it didn't matter what what tournament it was. But if it was a major, holy shit, that that's a Tyson fight. That's yeah. that's Jordan in the finals. I mean, uh, so. You know, those are the the three guys that I can kind of relate to one another that were just like, you know, psh, drop everything, nothing else matters, got to see these guys. So I'm I'm super excited to relive those days watching uh, 
those uh, old Jordan highlights. And, and hey, for what it matters, it ain't even all about Jordan. I mean, obviously that's what the show's about. But The Last Dance is going to be about his his team and everything. And holy shit. They were I good. Mean, oh, my God. Well, Scotty I mean, Pippen. Scotty oh, Pippen, Scottie, people. Scotty Pippen was so incredible and and would have been a star on any team by himself. As good as Jordan is without Scotty Pippen, there is no Michael Jordan in terms of his success. No, no, he he, he helped elevate him to the next level. Everybody needs a, a number uh, a couple, two. I mean, LeBron with Wade, you know, yeah, Curry everybody. and Durant, or yeah. Curry and Thompson, probably more like it. Yeah, everybody has to have that number two, and 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 then you throw in some freaking wild card. Like uh, Rodman, Rodman. I mean, holy shit! I mean, I mean, you know, if if you're listening to this and you got to see this as you grew up as well, well, okay, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. If you didn't, hold on to your ass because I mean, Rodman was WWE crazy. Well, he did end up on WWE sometimes. Was he successful in the WWE? Of course he was. Gronk, by the way, just won the WWE thing. (laughs) Maybe we'll talk about that if people actually want. We probably won't, but if people actually want us to, we could talk about Gronk's career in the WWE. So anyway, long story short, you know, super excited to watch this and and to see the rest of the – team too because there 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 were so many incredible players and all that so so and what i heard about the last dance and i thought was kind of interesting really quick before we jump into our last topic here um they actually said it's a 10 part documentary series holy shit 10 parts that's what i think that's what i heard so i don't know if that 10 parts i don't know if it's gonna be spread out over 10 days 10 weeks i i don't know i don't know how long each part is but I know that it premieres on Sunday. That's all we know. So we can maybe, if you guys want, we can maybe give you a reaction to our thoughts on The Last Dance because I don't know if you're going to, but for me, for personally for me, for sure I will be watching it when it comes out on Sunday. And if you, I know you have work the next day, obviously on Monday, so you might not get a chance to watch the whole thing or maybe you will, who knows, right? Yeah, I'll I'll be watching it. It's not going to be that late at night. There's, yeah, it starts at six our time. So yeah, there's no doubt I'll be watching it. And so I guess if, probably get uh, some Sunday pizza, uh, watch some Jordan stuff, some za, and uh, we'll maybe we'll uh, recap if they, I, I'm yeah, geez, I don't know if it's a weekly thing. I, I think I guess, they maybe I heard I it guess wrong. We can recap. Uh, the first what part. happened every week. But, or, I, I mean, I thought, and like I said, maybe I heard it wrong, but I swear I heard something today that said it was a 10-part docuseries. Could have heard it wrong. It could be a three-hour, one-part thing. I have no idea. I thought I heard 10-part. But, long story short, Jordan himself did say that he was concerned that he's going to come out as a horrible guy to people who don't know him. And that's personally why I'm very excited to see it. Because I want to see what Michael Jordan... I already kind of know what Michael Jordan was like because I've seen videos and stuff, but I really want to truly see the ruthless competitor that Michael Jordan was. And I think when he said that he might come off as a horrible guy, I think that makes it even more badass, the documentary series. I think it's going to be awesome because he's going to chew out some people in this documentary series, and I'm ready for it. I already know who MJ is, and... and He's, he's got to go for it. Well, and, and that's what made MJ MJ, and what makes a lot of uh, 
you know, uber successful people the, the way they are. And, and so, you know, yeah, did, did he just absolutely go for blood 24 seven? Hell yes, he did. He was Michael fucking Jordan, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, anyways, in conclusion, we are both of us extremely excited to watch the last dance. I'm excited to see everything that Jordan was about. Like I said, I'm excited to see who he choose out. And I know I, I'm pretty sure he will because, like I said, Jordan himself, this, isn't coming, this is coming from the cow's mouth, himself, he said he's going to come off as a terrible guy in this documentary. And I think that's, gonna, that's just giving us a hint on how the documentary is going to be like. So anyways, do you have any final comments? No, that says it all. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. All right. So our final topic for today's uh, pilot podcast, and by the way, if you guys are still tuned in, we really appreciate it. This is our first ever podcast, so I don't expect very many, if any, people at all to be listening this late in the podcast. Is Obviously, we're 45 minutes in right now. So, But if you are listening, we do appreciate it. And our uh, last little, like, little topic here, obviously, the NFL draft's coming up six days from now. And the two biggest names, I mean, besides Chase Young, I mean, Chase Young's a great player, but we're talking about the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are the biggest position, I think, in all of pro sports. But we'll just say quarterbacks definitely the biggest position in pro football. And the two biggest quarterbacks in terms of draft stock um, in this draft are Joe Burrow, the Heisman winner, quarterback of the LSU Tigers, and uh, Tua Tugavailoa, quarterback of Alabama, who obviously has some injury issues. And people do think that Tua was a lock at number one if he wasn't so fragile. But because he's fragile, Burrow has sprung up. And Burrow's almost the consensus number one pick, whether it's Cincinnati or whether someone trades up to get Burrow at number one. But my question to you is, who do you think will be the better pro quarterback, uh, Tua Tugavailoa or Joe Burrow? Who do you think will have the better pro career? That's tough. I mean... After the year Burrow just had, I mean, you'd have to be just, just, I don't know. You'd almost have to not know what had happened to not say Burrow. I mean, and, and you know, as far as the injury thing goes, I mean, a guy that's injury-free and, you know, all that. And, I mean, just just blew numbers up. I mean, he set all kinds of all-time NCAA records. I mean, 60 touchdowns for Uh, Burrow this year. That's just stupid. I mean, 60 touchdowns is stupid by itself. Six interceptions. So a 10-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio, which, if you guys don't know, I believe the NFL record for... Now, obviously, this is college, so obviously I'm not saying Burrow's going to go out and do this in the NFL, but the NFL touchdown-to-interception ratio for a career... I believe is four. That yeah. is for a career, so obviously it's longer. But he did it as a ten in one season. Yeah, that's 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 pretty crazy. And uh, I mean, and and not to mention again, like you said, this is college. But you know, they play less games in college. And you got to remember, not only do they <laughs> play less games, but he is playing really good competition. LSU played a really hard schedule this year. I mean, obviously, you know, they played Alabama, they played Auburn, some tough teams. But they also, what I like about LSU rather than Alabama is LSU usually plays pretty tough non-conference opponents. Yeah, they 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 do. They don't shy away. Bama from, you know. plays a lot of joke school, schools a lot of the time. 
and non-conference. And yes, do they beat them? Obviously they do. And was LSU better than Bama last year? They were. They were. Well, duh. Yeah, that that was proven. Yeah. They beat them at Tuscaloosa. I mean, what else do you need to know? Yeah, it doesn't right? happen very often. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I, I just couldn't imagine all that being said, although it was a one-year offering. I, I just can't imagine not taking Burrow number one there. Now, you know, that being said, would I would I be shocked if Tua ends up having the better NFL career? Well, of course not. I mean, we we've seen this time and time again, but you know, coming in, there's 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 some red flags there and everything. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's not like he didn't have impressive numbers himself. No, he I just mean, played in an offense that that, that ran the ball more, ran the ball, and a he was a lot injured, more. obviously, for some of the time too. Yeah, but but that being said, thirty three I mean, and three for yeah, Tua, uh, thirty three touchdowns and three picks. So and, his his uh, TD to interception ratio was eleven. So actually, technically, a little better than Burroughs. You know, so, so what? I mean, how many how many games did they play in college? I I don't know if this they play. Does this include bowls? I don't know if this. It probably does. The, I I think the uh, they usually play a fourteen game schedule, right? Or thirteen, yeah, I think. Yeah, about thirteen, and, and then because the winning team is usually know, either fourteen and zero or fifteen and zero. So 0. you get a couple more if you're in the uh, final four, the final four, and all that. So. But nonetheless, we're talking, no questions asked, less than a, a pro season. I mean, as we know, I mean, I, I think Winston was the top touchdown thrower this year with... In the NFL, th- yeah. About 33-ish or 33. I think it was 33. Didn't he go 33-30? and 30? Well, no, I don't think he was the number one. He was the number one passer. Like passing yards. Yeah, whatever. I think but, Lamar Jackson did lead the league in touchdowns with like 38. Passes? Yeah. Or overall? No, passes, yeah. Yeah, well, whatever. Well, we can anyway, look that up, but yeah, I think he did. It, it, anyway, well, point, but point also, B, and I mean. did throw 30 picks. <laughs> that's well, awesome. that's a whole other story, hilarious. yeah. Um, we'll talk about Brady with the Bucks too, maybe in our next podcast, and how we think oh, they'll do. Oh, boy, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, you know, I mean... Uh, Long story short, we're sitting here kind of, you know, running out of steam at the end of this pod. But, you know, I I, I would take Burrow number one over Tua if it's me. I, I, I just I just feel a little more confident about him in an NFL offense. I think it was proven last year that he is... More of a NFL prototype, yeah, a little bit of more of a prototypical NFL quarterback, um, which ironically, you know, in today's game, most of the quarterbacks are are pretty mobile, yeah, and all that. So you know, there'd be an argument that says, well, Tua is more mobile than than uh, Joe, and it's like, okay, I guess you got a point. But I there. think Burrow's an underrated mobile. Yeah, kind of yeah, like a Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is an underrated mobile quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's mobile when he needs to be, and, and then obviously and, he has. We'll get into this, but best arm in the NFL. Well, and, no doubt. And, yeah, I mean, there. I mean, that's a whole different you know level there. But yeah, but but I think Burrow's got that type of uh, not meaning the Mahomes type, but I mean Burrow's got that. 
top level arm talent that that he doesn't rely quite as much on his feet as he does as some other quarterbacks do so end of the day just just to to his you know injury history burrow's just mind-blowing season last year i i'm i'm going burrow all right so there's a little thing Adrian Wojnarowski does that's called Woj bombs, and it's basically a a Woj bomb is where he tweets something big, like let's just say he tweets like you know Kevin Durant signs with the Brooklyn Nets. That's called the Woj bomb, where he's the first one to report it, so then everybody you know gets that news right away. So I'm gonna implement a little thing on this podcast. Now we're not gonna call it a Woj bomb, obviously, and we'll just call it like a fourth in quarantine bomb just for now until I figure out a real name for it. Where I'm going to give something surprising that you guys probably weren't expecting. Now, do I think the Cincinnati Bengals should take Joe Burrow number one? I do. I think that would be the pick for them. But here's my bomb. I think Tua Tugavailoa is going to be a better pro quarterback than Joe Burrow. I really do. All right. Yeah. Well. I'm going on the record. Now, do I think I think Joe Burrow is going to be a good quarterback. I think Joe Burrow is going to be a Kirk Cousins type of quarterback. A very good quarterback. I think Burrow is going to be a quarterback that can win you games. But I don't know if Burrow's going to be in that elite echelon of quarterbacks. I think Tua Tugavailoa, not right away, but I think he might be in that elite category quick because I'm I'm seeing Russell Wilson from him. A lefty Russell Wilson, I should say. Obviously, he's a lefty. Because, I mean, and I heard Colin Coward say things like that, and I kind of agree with Colin there. I, I see lefty Russell Wilson. A lot of people are saying lefty Drew Brees because he's very accurate, Tua Tugavailoa is. So I'm going on the record. This is the first ever um fourth and quarantine bomb here because for the most part and this won't always happen as you guys will see but for the most part today we have both agreed on pretty much everything so far and i mostly agree with what he said because at the end of the day would i be surprised if burrow's better than two a tug tug of my low i would not i would not at all and i would take joe burrow number one if i were the the Bengals because he's the safer play but i'm just going on a limb here tua is going to be the better pro quarterback than joe burrow you have anything else to say if anybody really gets into the wonderlick, which I don't know that I necessarily do. I mean, there's been so many incredible quarterbacks that have scored not so pleasingly on the wonderlick and and vice versa. However, for what it matters, Burrow scored a 34 on the Wonderlick. Tua scored yeesh, a 13. Again, I don't know that necessarily means anything, and I don't I don't weigh a lot on that, but some people do. But Lamar Jackson did score a 13. Lamar Jackson scored really, really, really l- close to a 13. Low right? as well. And yeah, he was I the think, NFL MVP. Exactly. Very, very similar score. So, again, I'm not saying I weigh a lot on that but i know a lot of people do i know that for that could for, definitely be an argument for, for sure. a lot of people that does matter to them and i just thought i'd at least you know throw that that out there and there is one more quarterback i was gonna say any chance there's somebody else that you might take above either one of these guys now i don't think so but there but jordan love from utah state is very interesting getting a lot of love now, Jordan Love, not only is his draft stock going up, and there's actually some people that think Jordan Love's going to get drafted ahead of Tua in the draft. Never know. 
Do I think it's going to happen? I don't. I don't either. But it could happen because, as you know, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL today, and we'll get to that all-time stuff. I mean, you'll realize that we're big Patrick Mahomes fans, so what we say might be a tiny bit biased with Patrick Mahomes, but it's not biased when we say that he's the best quarterback in the NFL today. I don't think that's biased at all. And people are comparing Jordan Love to Patrick Mahomes. And, yeah. and he's getting high comparison. If you get compared to Patrick Mahomes right now, that's the highest praise that you can get. Yeah, they're they're stretching right there. And, <laughs> you know, who knows? But, yeah, he's he definitely seems to be the... Uh, the hot guy right the now. The wild card. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the one where nobody knows what the hell to think about him. Some some people think he's you know the the top talent, and some of them think he's gonna be you know borderline bust. You know, and so and then so. concerning Jordan Love, I thought this was kind of interesting. And a big thing about quarterbacks that we didn't address, a lot of it has to do with the situation you go to. Oh, yeah. See, that's with what what I feel bad for Joe Burrow is, is if he gets drafted to the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'm sorry, Bengals fans, if there are any in here, the Bengals are one of the worst front offices in the NFL. Well, at least it's not Cleveland. It's not Cleveland. But the Bengals are not a good a run team in terms of where you could go. So I think Burrow would be unfortunate there. Now, do I think he could still be successful in Cleveland or uh, Cincinnati? Sorry, I do because I think Joe Burrow is going to be a good NFL quarterback. But in terms of Jordan Love, and this is funny because I just said I think Tua is going to be better. Tua is going to be a better pro quarterback than uh, uh, Burrow. Jordan Love could be better than both because uh, let's name off here, and I got it pulled up here. Let's name off the teams that are interested in Jordan Love. We got the New Orleans Saints. A very good run organization. We got Green Bay Packers. That's two uh, well-run organizations. The New England Patriots. That's three well-run organizations. The Washington Redskins. Eh, yeah. not so well-run. The Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, they're iffy. Sometimes they're well-run. Sometimes they don't think that. And that's the five teams right now that are reported to be doing varying levels of homework on love. So the guys that are most interested in drafting Jordan Love. But if Jordan Love can go, I'll say to... The four teams, not including the Washington Redskins, because I still think the Chargers are a good situation to go to. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because the Chargers are still a team that I think is a quarterback away from being a playoff team. I'm not saying a Super Bowl contender or anything, but I think they can make the playoffs if they get the right quarterback. But if Jordan Love goes to the Saints, <coughs> the Packers, or the New England Patriots, I think this guy could turn out to be really good. I swear to God, if he goes to the Patriots, if he goes to the Patriots and the Brady, next thing, man, or if he I'm, turns into Mahomes on the Patriots, I'm gonna burn this freaking be, country to the ground. Yeah, I that wouldn't be God. fun for us. But I mean, it would be. I think it would be fantastic if he especially went to the first two. Although obviously the Patriots, the Patriots. But if he got to learn behind Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees for a couple years, whew, man, I'm telling you, man, Jordan Love might be the guy. But to conclude this, I think to uh, my rankings right now. My top three would go would go to a Burrow, then Jordan Love. But I'm tempted. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm tempted to put Jordan Love at number one. Nah, I got Burrow, Tua, Love. Done. Yeah. So that's going to conclude the um, 
our first annual, first ever podcast here, our pilot podcast as we're going to call it. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want any more, I mean, just give us a like on the tweet that we put out or just like the YouTube video if you want. Follow us. Follow us as well on Twitter and Instagram. Both are fourth underscore quarantine. And if you can, show us the support. We're new. We're trying this out. We're bored. We're going to see if this can work, and hopefully you guys enjoy our content. So thank you for listening, and have a good night.